like Degeneration X said, are you ready for somebody to have a crack at me about my rankings of Chris Middleton, of Tyus Jones? And I'll fire back. We'll talk DeMar DeRozan and we'll talk Damian Lillard as well. Is all coming up. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. So it's time for another rankings rumble. It's time for somebody to have a crack at me. It's time for me to have a crack at somebody. I'm going to talk about those four players that I talked about at the beginning. There's going to be mock drafts coming starting today as well. And for the first time, he's coming on this show. And he's going to come in guns blazing, I hope. He's going to be doing fantasy basketball work for Sporting News this season. His name is Sloan Piver. Let's get Sloan in now. Have a, have a chat. All right, here he is for the first time. Sloan Piver, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. Great to be here. It is good to have you here for the first time. And as I said before you came on, that you're doing um, some work for for Sporting News this season. So just quickly before we get into it, tell us what you're doing for Fantasy Basketball for Sporting News. Yeah, so I'll be handling um, most of the uh, Fantasy Basketball content, uh, Nine Cat rankings. We'll be doing a couple of mock drafts. Uh, we'll be doing some Dynasty content as well. Uh, but pretty much all the, the fantasy basketball that we'll be handling over there will be uh, will be in my control. So very excited to, to, to join you here. I've been a longtime fan of yours, so uh, happy to, to come on here and, and debate some rankings. Yeah, so well, let's start it. Let's, you've, you've seen my list of players, you've seen how I, and I've seen what you think about guys as well. I'm going to pick two each to have a crack at, and you're going to have a go at me for the first one that I've got here, and uh, it is uh, a player that's impacted by a recent trade. It's uh, Chris Middleton in Milwaukee. So I think it's fair to say, Sloan, that I was pretty interested in, in Middleton before the trade happened, quite, quite interested in him, especially with that ADP you can see on the screen at 82, and I did drop him down after that trade, but you think I haven't gone far enough. You're like, how, what's, what's, what's wrong with where I've got Milton, where I've got him at the moment. I think in like the, let me just quickly double check this. I think I've got him around where that ADP um, sits because I, I think there is going to be a drop off. Yes, but I'm not sure it's going to be. I've got him around 70. I've got him around 70 marks. I, I don't know how, how big the drop off is going to be though. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I've always been a Chris Middleton guy. I've had him on my dynasty team for many, many years. Uh, and I seem to always draft him in, in redrafts. Uh, but this year, I've just kind of talked myself out of him. You know, he's a he's a year older. I think his usage rate is going to go way down um, with mm-hmm. with two ball dominant players alongside him. Uh, and I'm just I worry that uh, he might be he might end up like a Tobias Harris or something, where he's just relied on as a, a floor spacer. Uh, maybe his minutes go down. Maybe his usage goes down. Uh, I also 
you know, I wonder about coaching and, and, and how, you know, if, if Adrian Griffin has a run and gun offensive scheme and it wears Middleton out a little too quickly, or maybe he's still lagging because of injuries over the past few years. Uh, but you know, I just, there's a lot of different concerns that I just, I, I can't possibly see myself grabbing him in the top 70, top 75, like I used to, um, you know, 32 years old coming off a 33 game season. Uh, and he's averaged something like 55, 57 games over the past four years. Uh, his past two seasons, we've seen him post his worst shooting campaigns. Obviously he had the injuries that, that created some of that uh, dilemma, but um, I just, to me, the cons outweigh the pros with, with Middleton. I, I, I get that, right? I, I do understand it. I think I had him a little, you know, probably 10 to 15 spots higher before the trade, and I've dropped him down. But I still think that as far down as you've got him, which I think is in like the 80s or 90s, is it's too far. Like I, I get that he didn't play very much last season. I also think that that game's played number is a little skewed because I'm pretty, like he didn't play at all last season. But pretty sure his other ones were relatively strong. I do worry about his knee, but I also look at this team, and we can talk about two dominant players. They lost... Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen also, who are two of the two starters in that group. And I think that he's the signing of campaign probably hurts him a little bit more than than what some people are thinking, because he won't have as many secondary ball handling responsibilities. But I do think he's going to be staggered quite a bit. And it's either going to be him or or even Dame running the second unit. So I don't think we're going to get significant all three of those guys playing the, all of their minutes because their bench is like it's Beauchamp and it's Payne and it's maybe Connaughton. Like it's not it's not great options there. And Robin Lopez, maybe Bobby Portis is there, but there is still opportunity for twenty of his thirty three minutes, I would guess, to be on the court with only one of Dame and Giannis. Not not always playing with those guys consistently. And yeah, it was disappointing last season. But I, I, I wouldn't like I've got him at seventy. I wouldn't take him. I probably wouldn't take him inside round six just because of the age and a bit of the injury risk there, which those rankings don't necessarily take gigantically into consideration. But once we head into round seven, I, I the other guys who are around that area, I, I don't have too much of a problem with it. Like, what what are you seeing? That's yeah, the usage drop off. But do you think he's going to just not, not get assists anymore? Do you think he's going to just be like playing fewer minutes when they've got less depth? I think the assists will go down. Um, I- I think, you know, just like I said, the, the shooting percentages bother me um, for a guy who's never been known as, as a huge defensive counting stat guy. Um, you know, if he's averaging 15, 5, and 4. 15, not, that's, a, that's a long way down. 15, come on. That's how far do you think he's dropping down? Well, uh, I know he, he averaged 15 in 24 minutes last year. And yes, there is a Lillard factor there, but that's a big drop. It's. I mean, you make a valid point about the the fact that Milwaukee is not deep anymore, and that he will have more shots, and he should be healthier this year. So I, I guess I'm with you on the fact that his floor is higher than uh, maybe I'm arguing. But at the same time, I, I just wonder. You know, with with players who who have logged a bunch of playing time and had injuries and not played a bunch over the past few years what's the upside here should i should i go for an upside in at this average draft point or should i should i rely on you know the the middleton of old or the the thought that the middleton of old will be back just because you know he's he's a little healthier now and he's got he's got a, a 
you know, a better, better role than he had last year. I, I just, like I said, I, I just don't quite trust the usage rate to go back to what it used to be. And I also worry that he, he's just aging and with the injuries and everything and, and the shooting percentages down and then the lack of defense, I, I probably fade him in the seventies. I, I, I could be, I probably end up t- taking him in the mid mid eighties, but you know he's not going to fall that far as you and I know. So oh, he might though. So like, his ADP was already low, right? And the trade is going to impact him. So I I don't think that I don't think he's going to jump ahead of this. I th- he would have he would have come in significantly from this. He would have started going in the sixties. Um, had there not been a Lillard trade, right? That, he would have come into that. But I, I'm not sure that he does anymore. I think he probably sticks uh, around this area. There is concern, obviously, with the knee. Um, and that injury that, that impacted him so much last season. But I just think that maybe we are over-focusing on that. I think, well, actually, not we, you. I think you're over-focusing on that <laughs> in this one. And I think that the usage drop will, will happen. But I think that yeah, the, he will drop, but it's going to impact the the fifth starter and even the Brook Lopez um, significantly more, I think, than what it, Middleton will be affected. He's not scoring 20 points a game, which he did for like, what, four or five straight seasons. I, I don't think he's doing that. But... I think there's a big difference between the 15 that he scored last season in 24 minutes, and I think you can be like an 18-point guy at least this season. 18, give you close to five assists, five rebounds, and we get maybe some shooting percentage um, improvement. Last season's one, I, I just I think I chucked most of that out considering just how stop-start it was for him um, all year and the low minutes. But there are, there are definite concerns around him, but I just think that him going into the 90s is uh, it's not what I want to do. But... You had another one to have a crack at me, which is one where you're, you're thinking, I'm just too low on it. We'll get to that in just a second. Because today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. It is football season according to Ibotta. Ibotta, it is basketball season as well. It means pizza, it means wings, it means even buffalo chicken dip. Whatever you prefer at your tailgate, go all out and you can get cash back on every purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, produce, personal care, pantry goods, so you can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. You either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It is that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $100 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use the cash back to buy a flight you've been eyeing, a game you've been dying to go to, or a fancy dinner that you have been craving. Earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers as well, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or the App Store and use the code LOCKED. Let's do let's do the next one here, Sloan. And uh, you think that I am, as I talk at the wrong time, you think that I am low on Tyus Jones, the new Washington Wizards presumed starting point guard. Yeah, I'm big on Tyus. Tyus is one of my favorite sleepers, and I know that's uh, that's me being a little bit trendy, maybe caught up in the the, the hype. But I, I've always been big on Tyus. I think he should have had an opportunity to be a starting point guard in this league many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's filled in admirably every time that he's gotten a chance to in in Memphis. Uh, he's a great shooter. He's he's turned into a great shooter. Uh, he's led. Uh, the league and assisted turnover ratio for five years now. Uh, he's, he's a great creator, good vision, good handle. Um, and so 
I think he's got a big ch- big chance to have a breakout season. Um, you know, similar to what uh, Fred Van Vliet did in in 2020, and obviously he's not going to have the 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 shooting and scoring volume that Van Vliet enjoyed in that breakout year. But I think if you look at their per th- 36 numbers uh, over the past few, you know, or like if you compare Tyus Jones per 36 numbers over the past couple of seasons to Fred Van Vliet around when he broke out, it's very similar. Um, and like I said, you're not going to have the scoring volume or the, or the shooting volume. He's not going to be as dynamic a fantasy player as Fred Van Vliet. But I, I do think that Tyus Jones is going to greatly, greatly outweigh his ADP. And I'm grabbing him in as many places as I can, at least, um, at least, way ahead of where where you had him ranked um i just i i think a new opportunity in washington and uh it's got a career average of 10 assists and under two turnovers per 100 possessions and he's good for two steals a game pretty much every time uh sometimes you'll even have four or five steal games and that kind of that kind of impact can win you a, a week in in nine cat so uh i tend to Put a lot of value in defensive stats i tend to put value in assists uh, and i go for for builds like that um but all right but so either you, way I think, you put a lot of, I, put I a lot of value in defensive stats he had six blocks for the entirety of last season six the whole season so defensive yeah, stats so aren't no, they're, not, they're not just yeah but that's that's not just defensive stats so he's good at he averaged one steal a game last year in 24 minutes a night um we assume he's going to play more than that but how much do you? How much do we know he's going to play? Like he, we saw Monte Morris come in last season, who has a unbelievably similar profile to Tyus Jones, one of the best assisted turnover point guards in the NBA. I think he's probably second to Tyus Jones in that area, and had Dylan Wright backing him up, and he played like 28 minutes a night under the same head coach. I'm not to say that they would be doing the same thing here. And I think Tyus probably plays a little bit more than what Monte Morris does. And for reference, like you've got Tyus in the 60s. I've got him in the in the mid to late 80s because I saw what he did in Memphis and it was really strong. And as a starter, I've got the numbers. 33 minutes a night, 16, 4, and 8 with 1.8 steals. They're unbelievable numbers, Sloan. Like the, I, no one is going to debate that. They're, they're, they're awesome. He shot 50% from the field. I just also think it's pretty fake. I just don't think he's going to be able to do that um, at that level. I don't think he's going to average. Banking on someone averaging 1.8 steals is pretty tough to do. He's never been, he's never been close to that sort of a of a player, even in you know, even on a per minute basis. He's per 36 numbers were two steals per 36 as a starter, but they were 1.3 as a bench player. Um, and they were 1.5 the year before that, 1.9, 1.7 in really low minutes. So it's hard for me to expect him to do that. And the other thing is, he's, what's his offensive role going to be? Like how, when he, when he started with Memphis, and I've said this on this show many times, he would start next to Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson, right? Who the hell else handled the ball there? Who was running things? In Washington, Jordan Poole's going to have the ball in his hands tons. So it's not... It's not a one-for-one crossover number. I've got no problem taking a starting point guard. It is strong, especially when you're getting assists. I just don't know how, as as an unrestricted free agent on a tanking team, um, how much are they investing in him? Well, you know, I mean, you make a good point about Jordan Poole being uh, ball dominant and not, uh, you know, taking away from some of his assists. But I, I think Jordan Poole's also learned how to play off ball too. So I, I think he's still mm. going to have. An upside as an as an assist man, 
Uh, oh, look, he'll and, get assists. There's no question he's going to get assists. I think part of it is like, is he going to play 34 minutes or is he going to play 30 minutes? And then they work some minutes with Jordan Poole at point guard. There's Johnny Davis, who maybe they play. I don't know. Dylan Wright is still there. Like, how do they get all those guys' minutes, especially when we saw the way they deployed Monte Morris last season? Well, I, I just think that the offense under Monte Morris wasn't really clicking. They didn't really have much of an identity. Um, and, and I think that's what they... That's why they went out and got Tyus Jones. I mean, he's, he's able to bring some of what he learned in Memphis in that great offense and take it over and, and be a leader of sorts and make the, the players around him better. And I think there's a lot of raw potential in Washington, and I think that, that we see a lot of their potential tapped with, with him flourishing as a starter. You know, we've seen every opportunity that Tyus has to be a starter, to get uh, consistent longer minutes he's played better uh, and then you know th there's always been players like that that need more playing time to really flourish and and when you bring them off the bench they're just they just don't have anywhere near the kind of per minute uh impact as as when they're starters um so i think just from start to finish having him in that starting point guard role i, I think he's he's going to absolutely return his investment at, at in, in so you would take him ahead of Chris Middleton is what you're telling me. Yeah, I think I would take him ahead of ahead of Middleton. Yeah, because I just think Very that I think I think that he's just going to have a better nine cat impact, and and he's younger, and I'm just not as worried about rest games or 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 time off or injury risk, which are all concerns that I have with Middleton. I get that. Right. Um, I'm looking at this at the moment because I don't know if you'd looked at looked it up. Um, how Tyus played when he played alongside Ja Morant last season. Did you have any look at that? Because I'm looking it up now. I just want to see because not that Ja and Jordan Poole are the same players, obviously, but we know that Ja is a high usage guy who handles the ball, and Jordan Poole is a bit of a similarity um, between those guys. And have a look. Tyus Jones played 365 minutes next to Ja last season, had a usage of 14%. Um, and he had an assist rate of 6.2 per 100 possessions, which is well down from the 10.5 per 100 possessions and the 17% usage he had as in, for the entirety of the season. Again, Jar and Poole aren't the same, but I don't think it's outrageous to suggest that Jar and Poole might have similar usage rates this season. Yeah, and it's, it's possible, but I think Poole is also... You know relies a lot more on his outside shot That's and true. i think that tyus, tyus will create a lot more opportunities for jordan to have open looks um you know, not that not that he's an extremely talented uh penetrator um but but i think they'll they'll work in a lot of a lot of pick and roll a lot of pick and pop uh and i think they that he will uh space the floor i think pool's gonna Poole's going to space the floor as a shooter, and Tyus is going to space the floor as as a ball handler. And and like like you said, Morant's a completely different guy. Morant has the ball in his hands a lot of the times in that Taylor Jenkins offense. They needed Morant just to make a play, just to get something going, because you know Jaron Jackson is a, yeah is an incredibly talented player, but he's not a go to offensive threat. So a lot of the times. When things got stagnant, they relied on on Jaw to just be an athletic specimen, which he is. 
and you're oh. not you're not going to have that in Washington. I think you're proving my point for me that when Tyus had to fill in for Jar, he had to do that, but he won't have to do that in, in Washington. So there you go. All right, I'll take the I'll take the win on that one. That he's going to be uh, <laughs> he'll be playing as a secondary role because he doesn't need to do that creation stuff. We'll get into talk about two other ones here in just a second. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to talk about these these next ones because Demar Derozan is someone that people are going to criticize me on a lot. And but I want to I want to have a crack at you. Derozan has an ADP at the moment of 48. All right, I am not particularly high on Derozan. I'm not that far off that. I'm in sort of the late 50s with him in terms of his his value, but you are a lot higher on where you sit with DeRozan. He, if you're going to have concerns about age, like with Middleton, like DeRozan is older than Middleton, um, but oh, I'm just looking at your number. You're actually lower than me on DeRozan. Okay, so there, here we go. Oh, it's, I'm looking at it the wrong way. You're actually way lower. You got him at 78. All right. What is your, is it just that, is this an age thing that we're talking about here? Yeah, apparently I've I've become an ageist. I don't wow. know how this happened because I'm 38. You'd think I was <laughs> you'd think I was a 25 year old. Uh, granted, that's a little bit lower than um, than I probably will end up on him. Uh, but you know, it's just when I was looking at the split stats and looking at how last season sort of shaped out. Um, it's the last few months of that season mm. last year told us that Zach Levine is the guy who's who's really going to take over in this offense. And I, I I think that it's not just because DeRozan hit a wall. I think it's also that that's just the way that the, that Donovan and the coaching staff kind of kind of went towards the end. And and I just I can't trust, you know, buying into him too early if if it's going to be anything like what we saw in February, March and April and the early part of April. Yeah, you know, he's is one of only 12 active or 11 active players now that's played a thousand games. Um, you know, he's, he's got the exception on the, the rest rule. So he's going to be probably resting at this point in his career. Uh, and he just, he's not, not a volume three point shooter. He's, he's improved as a three point shooter, but he's, he's still not getting you threes more than like maybe one or two a game tops. He doesn't play defense. Well, uh, you know, I, I do like his, efficiency as a shooter and as a, a free throw shooter um but i just don't see the upside anymore and i i just worry about the cliff with with 32 33 year old guys i i do worry about like, i thought that i was low on him having him in the 50s but look that is that's a big big drop now i agree with what you said in terms of the way that the offense switched towards Levine at the end of last season. DeRozan averaged under 22 points per game over the final 24 games of the season, despite playing 36 minutes a night and despite shooting 49% from the field. So it's not like he just had a massive drop-off in his shooting numbers or anything like that, that they were fine. He got to the line six times, although the free throws were down to 83, which is something to to monitor. But having him like that that is obviously that means you're never going to draft him like no he's never going to fall there he's probably never going to fall to me in that mid 50s range either i just think that until like i i do fear a drop off absolutely like that is always going to be a concern with these guys but that is just that's that's very low man that's very low on on DeRozan. i'm just not sure like while i do agree with you i'm just not sure that we see that go down or you are you just uh, you know once you hit 30 you're just like well i'm just relying upon the younger guys now well, I think a lot of it is that 
you know, sometimes I just drop people in my rankings if I don't plan on drafting them. So like you said, there's no way I'm going to bag DeRozan where I have him ranked, you know, where we're (laughs) the rankings that we're currently talking about. There's no way he's going to drop. So I I just avoid him. So if I drop a guy just in my rankings just because I'm I'm completely out on him, then that's part of it. But, um, you know, 34-year-old who's coming off two – two seasons of 36 minutes a game and shot really wasn't dropping in the last few months of the year last last season and you know the usage rate went down so much it the levine has leapfrogged him and without shooting volume and without usage what is derozan to us you know he, he he we could argue that he's gonna probably rack up more assists than last year Maybe. Uh, he became he became a really good passer uh in his san antonio spurs years uh, and that really made him a more alluring nine cap fantasy player but at the same time uh you know if if he hits that 34 year old wall and he he falls under that participation policy ex- exception he's not He's not going to get docked for sitting out games. He's not going to get docked for resting on back-to-backs. Now, if you have all those things dinging his ceiling and dinging his upside, how can you possibly trust him at the 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 points where he used to be drafted or where he's been drafted so far leading up to this year? I just think he, he's getting older, slower, still can't play defense, and isn't going to get you three-point shots. So I, I'm just out on him. I agree with a lot of that. Again, there are some places where he's ranked up in the 30s, which is insane. He's ADP at 48. I can sort of get behind it. In the 50s where I got him, okay. I don't, I don't think there's any risk of him sitting out, to be honest. He's never shown, he's never had any injuries really in his career. I don't think that's going to be something that he just takes advantage of. He doesn't do that. But I do agree on most of those other points. I just wouldn't be having him below Tyus Jones at this point. But let's go to another old guy because you hate old people, Sloan. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about another player that was involved in that trade. Let's talk about Damian Lillard. His ADP is 11 at the moment. I've got him as a first-round player. You do not. Now, that does not seem like a big deal. Like when you've got him around 16, I've got him, if I double-check, I think is it like 9 or 10? I've got him at 10. Six spots isn't a big deal, but it is at that point of the draft. That's quite a significant difference. Um, we don't, neither of us know how the usage hierarchy is going to play out between Dame and between Giannis, but we both know that they're high-usage players. We both... I assume both think that Giannis is the better player there. I have dinged Lillard in terms of free throw rate, in terms of usage, even with some of his assist numbers, which were quite high last season. I've dropped them down. But I don't think that we need to be looking at him dropping that far down. Like he was very comfortably a first-round player last season. Um, And you've got like a name you mentioned before. You've got Fred Van Vliet as someone who's ahead of him on this list. Like, how much do you think that this is going to ding him down? Like, obviously significantly, because to go from a first-round player to a mid-second is not—it's not a small change in a player's value. Well, you know, we've seen Dame go tenth and eleventh in some drafts Mm -hmm. um, as as the guy on, on his team, as as the number one undisputed guy in Portland uh, and now playing with one of the more high, higher usage ball dominant players in Giannis. I just think he's, his numbers are going to go, go down quite a bit. Uh, and I'm usually a damn guy. I, I love Damien. He, he's a, 
He's got a hell of a shot. You know, amazing, amazing handle, creates, good passer. Um, but I, I just there's so many other guys that I think have higher upsides. Uh, and you know, is, is there also is also the the age old <laughs> issue of age and injury risk. Um, so I I just wonder if playing in an offense under Adrian Griffin, a guy who has coached Red Van Vliet, uh, Kyle Lowry, Russell Westbrook, run and gun point guards. If he's going to run him into the ground, are we not going to get the, the, the value back on, on our first round investment? If, if, if we grab him in the top 12, I, I just, to me, there's too many question marks. If he gets seriously or you know legitimately hurt again, if he plays too much, runs into a 33-year-old wall. Uh, again, not an ageist, but just a realist. Um, you know, and sharing the rock with an MVP and and fellow All Star for the really for the first time in his career. Unless you know you want to talk about uh, CJ, uh, well, but well, CJ was never an All Star, so I don't think we need to worry about that. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, this is the first you know the first time that he's had to share the rock with the uh, with a real honest-to-goodness go-to offensive threat. He was so good, though, last season that there is plenty of scope for him to drop off from where he was at that spot last season where he was comfortably a first-round guy. Like, I've got him scoring you know, four or five fewer points per game. I've got him... Um, you're dropping in terms of free throw attempts down by almost three per game. Like he was hitting, he was going 11 free throws a game over the final 31 games. He was like the number two ranked player, averaging 36, five and seven and a half. And no one expects him to do anything. He, what, hang on, is that what? Hang on, is that number right? He averaged 36 points per game last season in the final 31 games of the year. That's what? That's crazy. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. That's an insane number. He's not going to do that, right? But that's what I'm talking about. Like when you're sitting at that level, there's so much room to go down and still be really good. And if you're worried about age, like you've got guys like Durant and Steph ahead of him, but he outperformed both of those guys on a per game basis last season. And I, I do agree. Look, he is going to lose shot opportunities. He's going to lose free throw attempts. I'm pretty com- confident. He probably loses some assist numbers, uh, but not necessarily. Like, you know, when you're feeding Giannis for pick and rolls and um, alley-oops, like, Instead of instead of hitting him to Yusuf Nurkic, you're hitting him to Giannis might actually help your assist there. I just think that putting him down into that second, like yes, drop him. Like I think I had him seventh uh, beforehand. I've dropped him to like nine or ten. I've dropped him to ten. End of the second first round. I just don't see huge risk in taking him in that area. I'm not the injury he had last year was fake. It wasn't a real injury, so I'm not worried about that. The abdominal one was something they've been bothering for like six years, and he had that surgery finally two years ago. But otherwise, he's been relatively healthy. He missed like six games or so in November, but otherwise he just played through until they shut him down with a fake injury at the end of the season. So I'm not that worried about him in, in terms of health and I'm not worried about a significant, well, I'm worried about a significant drop-off. I just think he was so far ahead of so many of those other guys that it shouldn't matter that much. Yeah, and he's not a guy that is, you know, it's it's not like Middleton where he's, or, you know, DeRozan where I'm just avoiding him at all costs. Mm. Uh, I, there, I could see a situation where I would, um, if it complemented my first round pick, especially, I would pick him 13th or 14th. Uh, but, you know, do you think there's I, a chance just, of that? Do you think he can fall? Because Eastman's got him at 13 at the moment, ADP. Um, Yahoo's 11, Fantrax is 12. I, I think it probably does start to push down into that area to the 14, 15 area where, you know, the consensus guys tend to be Kyrie, 
um, Anthony Davis in that 12-13. Um, Sabonis sometimes, but it's more for points leagues. Um, who's the other guy that's not... Uh, I said Kyrie. Yeah, those guys are sort of... you know, Even Devin Booker jumps into that area. Do you think it's possible that we see him in that 14-15 zone by the time we get to a week before the season starts? I think it is possible. Um, not not consensus, maybe, but I think in a bunch of drafts, people are going to gonna think, you know, what's going to happen to his usage rate? Are we drafting him with the assumption that he's going to score 30 a game again? Are we drafting him with the assumption that his assists go up? Uh, defensive stats will not be there. No. Um, and, you know, the three-pointers are huge, and the free throw percentage is huge. Um, but I just I, I don't see him as a top 12 value just because I think Giannis is going to eat so much out of his usage and out of his scoring that it's it's going to take a, a, a big chunk out of out of what we've come to know as value for Dame. It is going to be really interesting to see. And of course, the trade has shaken up two of the names we've got on this on this list today, on the show today, Chris Middleton and uh, and Damian Lillard and how that impacts them. But this is part of why yeah, we love fantasy. We don't know what's going to happen. We try and project it. And we have reasons and we have thought processes behind it. But we'll find out over the course of the next... 30 weeks or so um, as we head towards the NBA playoffs and we see how everything has played out and uh, that puts us in that position. So Sloan, first of all, thank you for coming onto the show and, and picking apart some of my numbers and being a good sport while I did that with with some of yours. And uh, let's see what people, th- people think. Again, we, we none of us know. We, we don't know what's going to happen and any of these things could, uh, could transpire in many different ways. Sloan, thank you again for coming on. What have you got uh, that's coming out at Sporting News in the coming days? Yeah, so if you watch out for me on Sporting News, I'm going to be dropping uh, my rankings and then we'll be dropping a mock draft. Uh, and also I'll have some Dynasty content coming out for uh, rookie drafts as well as the Dynasty rankings, uh, top 150. So uh, just keep an eye out there. Follow me on Twitter at Sloan Piva and uh, we'll have a lot of good content for you. And of course, we'll also have some football as well. American football, that is. Go check out all of Sloan's stuff at Sporting News and uh, follow him over on Twitter. Sloan, thank you for coming on. Thanks so much, Josh. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.